0: This sucks. This list sucks. This
1: list sucks. It sucks. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday night again. Mike here.
0: JB here. Welcome back doing? to This List Sucks. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing?
1: It's another fucking day.
0: Yeah. It's a crazy week, huh?
1: It's wild, dude. Yeah. It's wild.
0: Kind of been on pens and needles.
1: A little bit, right? I've fucking watched more as uh, as our friend Rick calls it the communist news network than I have <laughs> in a really long time. Does he call it that?
0: He does call like it him.
1: that, and and not because I think that he genuinely thinks that all those people are communists. I mean, part of it's you know, part of it's just him being fucking
0: him being Rick. Yeah,
1: part of it's just him being Rick, and you know, he likes to antagonize everybody of every flavor, but.
0: Um, it's good to be devil's advocate on occasion. <laughs> yeah,
1: or at least just have a different perspective, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we'll we'll get into that a little bit this week. I feel like, um, by and large, over the first um, 15 albums, some differences, you know, but our musical tastes are not so divergent that yeah. we weren't going to find common
0: ground. No, and I, yeah, I'm sure we will get there, but I don't know if it's going to happen this week necessarily, <laughs> and... <laughs> nothing uh no big disagreements yet i was thinking about that the other day we've pretty much been close to the same page i was a little more excited about black flag and you were a little more excited about the stooges last week
1: for sure listen to more um, stooges tonight by the way
0: did you really yeah which, to one? which uh, like another a different record or no fuck record? no the same yeah, record still like, on that I re- <laughs> debut one yeah i know it's that good it's the, for those who haven't listened to it yet check it out dig into it because Should we it's recap really last good. week real quick um yeah yeah let's go for it so we'll just quickly go over. We're not going to go over all the ones we've done so far. Um, but today's uh, today's albums will be 485 through 481. So last week we did 490 uh, through 486. And last week had Linda Ronstadt, Hard Like a Wheel, had Phil Spector and various artists, Back to Mono.
1: We'll just call that shit for anybody yep. that didn't listen to the show last week.
0: Write that one off. Uh, the Stooges' debut album, The Stooges. Fantastic. Magical. Black Flag Damaged, also fantastic. Super fun. And then John Mayer's Continuum. Yeah. What was your favorite record from last week, Mike?
1: My favorite record from last week was is... Um, listen, it's a close toss-up because, as we discussed, I'd never dug into... Um, john mayer and i really really loved continuum that's an album that i'll go back to but i gotta say like hot take stooges put it on tonight
0: yeah i mean i I was trying to decide because i love the stooges one that much too i also loved black flag and i had already been familiar with continuum which i like that record too um but i'd probably go either stooges or black flag just because they are new and exciting fucking tv party i might even have to say damaged yeah black flag (laughs) tv party tonight jefferson's monday night football
1: absolutely um this week tv um (coughs) week tonight was all about the election um not to get too political but it's hard not to mention it because it's
0: it's on our minds it's on everybody's minds this
1: week it's 2020 it's crazy and um i mean listen for me as long as you voted you're not a bad person. That's right. Regardless of who you voted for, get the fuck out. Vote. Um, and now, at this point in time, uh, God bless all those people that are fucking unfolding <laughs> mail and ballots and trying to flatten them and run them through a damn
0: machine. And the true MVPs.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And now, you know, I just, uh, I just hope that nobody loses their mind and that everybody can, can just fucking move on.
0: Yeah. Right? Conflict free.
1: Yeah, let's just, let's move on. Speaking of moving on, so uh, up to this point in time, we've always recorded the show on Friday. So this morning I was thinking about, you know, what are we going to do before we just jump into this shit? And so I was looking at new music that came out today. What made, came out? Made a discovery. Listen, nothing great. <laughs> I mean, Don't get too excited. Every people. time I open up, um, you know, my music app on my on my phone on friday mornings i'm always excited to see you know if there's anything good out. and normally if there's something good i'll know two or three weeks in advance if you'll be looking forward to it yeah if yeah. it's something i'm looking forward to but every other week it seems like there's probably six hip-hop albums from artists that i've never, never fucking heard of <laughs> in my life and i like hip-hop like i'm 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 actually really excited about this week one of the first the first hip hop album that we've seen on the list. And it's an album that I'm yeah. familiar with, you know. Like I've listened to this album for a I've been listening to this album since I was in high school. Yeah. Right. And I and I dig it. It's not my favorite. Um, but but I'm I'm happy to see it on the list.
0: It was a first for me, so it'll be a fun one to talk about. Yeah,
1: but um but you know, all the new music it seems like every week is four or five hip hop artists that I've never heard of. And listen, awesome, right? You made it. But this week I was stumbling across, and I saw a band by the name of Pale Honey.
0: Hmm. Not familiar.
1: Neither was I. And I opened it up, and, it and you know, Apple Music, they listened to one song, and so they instantly classified <laughs> it yeah. as rock. Explaining right?
0: why they classified Linda Ronstadt as well. They
1: <laughs> <laughs> listen to You're No Good. Um, but, you know, just for shits and giggles, like, I I put it on, and, um, man, it was, it
0: was good. What kind of music was it?
1: Um... Okay, so the best corollary that I can come up with is what you might call dream pop, right? Like mm. if you think Beach House, yeah, kind of Beach Housey. I mean, cool. um, the best way that I could describe it is if you're into Beach House, if you're into the XX, um, man, there was another band that that it did really remind me of, uh, Sleigh Bells.
0: Slay bells it's like the noise pop kind of stuff yes yeah. yeah
1: that's what that like it's a mix between all three of those basically swedish outfit two women I, it sounds to me like there's just one of them that sings but i suspect that both of them may sing probably although didn't. one may sing the other one may do the guitar work and then kind of a dj type which is probably the only reason why i thought about xx although they do like some of the tracks on that album are a little bit moodier um and then others are kind of beach housey right like dream pop but it's listen it was super easy to listen to
0: i caught a sleigh bell show one time did you it was actually i went to the university of iowa and i was on the board for this event called a river fest up there just for one year i wasn't like a big player on the board or anything but but uh (laughs) uh sounds cool to say i was on the board (laughs) and uh for our big event we got sleigh bells to come and uh, oh. they played a show at the, I think it was maybe the, the IMU or something.
1: Was that early in the,
0: early in early in Slaybell's Bell's career? Their recording <sighs> career. It was 2011, so I would say it had to be close to the their beginning. self.
1: Their self-titled album is still undoubtedly. Um, it's my favorite that they've done, and it's one that I go back to. I'll go back
0: to it quite a bit. It's yeah,
1: it's so it was cool, crazy,
0: definitely Just noise really. pop describes it
1: yeah yeah that's that's exactly right and i i kind of dug into them a little bit because the guitar player was into like all of the same kind of terrible 80s hair metal that i loved really as a kid growing up yeah and so that kind of turned me
0: do you see a lot of that influence in his yeah. plan yeah.
1: yeah not so much on the first album but especially on the second and third sleigh bells releases it, like if you listen to that guitar work yeah it sounds like unmistakable huh yeah I mean, in sure. my mind, it is, but that could I could just be biased because I read that.
0: Yeah, and you like that kind of music, but I'm sure yes. you're right.
1: Yeah. No. Hey, real quick, um, when you finally get around to listening to this, Rex, I know that you just tried calling me, but I can't talk to you right now.
0: <laughs>
1: and maybe, sorry, Rex. Yeah, sorry, but maybe next time, uh, whenever you call in, we'll just we'll just have you we'll just we'll just have you we'll as a guest spot. Yeah. yeah, we'll just buzz you in that way. Instead of us reading the commentary that you gave us this week via email. It can be it can be live and everybody can hear your voice.
0: Thank you for that commentary, by the way. We really do appreciate that. We yeah. got an awesome email this week from our friend Rex, yeah. and he has a lot of interesting insight on the records um, for this week. So we'll definitely be mentioning some of that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Go. And and listen, if anybody else is kind of out there going on this journey with us, and um, we, listen, we want to hear all of your feedback, and we're going to be more than happy to share it—good, uh, bad, or indifferent—and you can send that to. This list sucks at gmail.com if your if email is your weapon of choice or you can also record a voice message or send us a message at the podcast homepage at anchor.fm forward slash this list sucks.
0: So also Facebook and Instagram message. Feel yes. free that we have both of those. Uh follow us on there. We're gonna post all the updates as far as when we put episodes out and little behind the scenes pictures and stuff. So Feel free to check us out there and message us there as well. Yeah, we're
1: also trying to record this week on video. We'll which, see if it
0: works out. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe you guys are watching high
1: tech <laughs> high tech experiment at this point in time, and so um, you know, we do
0: have a YouTube channel. Yes, <laughs> we
1: do have a YouTube channel. We just got to figure out how to get content on to said YouTube channel. Exactly. So we'll see. This week's goal. Yeah, absolutely. Squad goals. So if you're watching on YouTube and you want to leave us terrible comments, we appreciate those terrible. We, comments Yeah, we will down read all of them. <laughs> and internalize them.
0: That's one thing I was looking forward to about having a YouTube channel is just the comments. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I want all the bad comments. Talk shit about us, please.
1: Um okay. so yeah, so check out Pale Honey. Um if you got time and you need something new in your life, I certainly think it's worth digging into. Um
0: Yeah. I need to make a habit of looking into the the new music on Fridays thing.
1: Yeah. It's fun, right? Yeah. Picked up a couple records today too. Did you? Where'd yeah. you go? Went down to Marvs. Shout out to Marv's music. Yeah. In the Here East, in Village. East Village. Des yeah. Super easy to get to because my office is right down there. And uh picked up nothing new, although I was intrigued because Wilco did um a like they did the box set release of Summer Teeth, which mm. I don't know if you've ever dug into Wilco at all, but
0: Yeah, somewhat. I'm not I don't know if I know Summer Teeth, but uh um I really like Wilco's record that they did with Billy Bragg. Yes. You know that one? Yeah. yeah. And that song uh, a highlight for me is that song a Secret of the Sea. Yep. I like that one a lot, which I believe oh man, I'm going to get the poet wrong, but it was a it's a poet, right? That they they took his lyrics and they put them to music. It I want to say Walt Whitman for some reason, but I could be way wrong. I'm going to 100% let you hang on. I this have one. a uh, computer right in front of me. I'm going to look that up <laughs> right now
1: um (laughs) well summer teeth was the lp that again and i could be wrong on this too but that that one was the last album before they released yankee hotel foxtrot and yankee hotel foxtrot's probably my that's my go-to wilco i do love summer teeth though it's got some great discs on it and so is i was i mean i was considering it but when i say that they went all out on this re-release i mean they went fucking five lps deep all out and and when i saw it you know it was it was one of those things where 110 bucks goes a long way towards other records and i'm not saying i'm not gonna get it but at the same time listen if they did that for yankee hotel foxtrot or um sky blue sky yeah i probably would have picked it up you know yeah
0: for sure um
1: i did end up getting allison chains um allison chains released uh jar flies and sap which were both eps they released it as a single double vinyl collection oh cool and i and listen i love alice in chains but to me there's not going to be anything intriguing about getting that on vinyl but jar of flies is probably my favorite mixed alice in chains just because when you listen to it on a cd which is already a, a compressed music format right it still has a really big sound huh. and it's got a really warm sound too and so that's why I pulled the trigger on it because I figure if I can if I can get a soundstage that I like in a compressed format and get it opened up on For vinyl. Sure.
0: Have you checked it out yet? No, not, not yet. yet. I,
1: ha- I haven't had time because of dinner and everything else. But um,
0: and I was absolutely wrong, by the way, about the. <laughs> we should edit that out. I'm going to sound like an idiot. Uh, it was uh, previously unheard lyrics written by Woody Guthrie. Oh i don't even remember who i said let's pretend i didn't say that whatever i said
1: listen um, <laughs> what he got through as a poet too
0: yeah yeah definitely and well they were they he never put them to song he had just written the lyrics and then wilco went and with billy bragg they they put him to music so that yeah. was cool speaking of records mike was kind enough to pick me up uh that warren Zevon record that we were talking about a couple episodes ago yep. for the record store day which was the warren Zevon's greatest hits according to judd apatow and I'd highly recommend it for the Warren Zevon fans out there. Werewolves of London. Yeah, there's a cool live version of that. There's also a good version of uh, "Something Bad Happened to a Clown." <laughs> <Just> ch- <laughs> check out that that song.
1: Very nice. Very nice indeed. Um, oh, I also picked up Black Keys because I didn't. I, I didn't have the which album. one? An old one or? Um, brother. Okay. Brother which i mean again kind of the same thing right like i like the sound of it but i figure that like there's a lot of tunes on there that i want to hear on a bigger sound stage mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean because i think there's i think there's plenty of stuff there and it's just a great album anyway
0: for sure you know so yeah should we get into it i say let's jump let's do it you're so, up all right 485 and again this is rolling stone's list of the greatest 500 albums of all time number 485 Richard and Linda Thompson I want to see the bright lights tonight as they describe it with Fairport with Fairport convention Richard Thompson was one of the first prominent 60s folk rockers to look to his native England's traditions for inspiration after leaving Fairport he joined with his wife Linda Thompson to make stellar albums in the 70s Richard played guitar like a Sufi mystic Neil Young Linda had the voice of a Celtic Emmylou Harris. Bright Lights is their devastating masterwork of folk rock dread. Radiohead even picked up some guitar tricks from the Cavalry Cross. So, yeah, um, this was a first listen for me. How about you? Yeah, you, me, too. Mm-hmm. me too. I think there was maybe one song I recognized, which was probably the title track. Did you recognize that one at all? Fuck I no. feel like maybe I saw it in a movie. Really? I think so. I don't know off the top of my head we'll have to look into that. Yeah,
1: potentially. I mean, 1974, so I was you know, you read these descriptions going into it and um and then I look at the year that it came out. And I, I mean, listen, I was intrigued, right? I was intrigued, but at the same time after I finally got through the album, I'm not going to lie, I was <laughs> I was expecting more harmonies and more duets.
0: Yeah. And I don't just know between Richard and Lindup. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty much a situation where it, the, the song either featured one or the other. Yes.
1: It was very much an either or, and even, you know, even in that jumping back and forth, I can only think of maybe a couple of songs where, where, you know, it was prominently him. And then you got, you know, more than just a very, very small handful of harmonies or backing vocals from her. Yeah, um, am, I ro- am I wrong?
0: D- uh, no, I think you're right. Uh, down where the drunkards roll, roll. Down where the drunkards roll. That had some harmonies in it with yeah. uh, both of them, plus some guy that was doing the like a low bass vocal. Like down where the <laughs> <Yes>. drunkards roll. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of a nice touch. But, yeah, yeah. But t- for me, I took it as just a good old songwriter's record. You know, it, was, it wasn't as much about. There's obviously very little production. It was pretty simple, instrumentation-wise. It's just. Um, you know, good old folk rock songwriting. And uh, I thought it was definitely a good representation of that era. It was overwhelmingly English, <laughs> you know, in feel and in, in sound. Um, the lyrical content, like, big time was just had this, you know, kind of moody, uh, reserved... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like um, a cloudy pessimistic day. Pessimistic, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a cloudy day. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, those... There's a ton of those in England, right? (laughs) Throughout the year, regardless of season. Lots of rainy days. Yeah, just lots of rainy days, and that's kind of what this record felt like. Um, In doing a little bit of digging on Richard and Linda Thompson and Mm -hmm. just reading through some other stuff online, in the previous list, they had multiple albums. Really? In previous
0: lists. But this is the only one on this list?
1: This is the only one that made the cut. Gotcha. And I believe on the previous list, I feel like i'm gonna fuck this up i think that they had three wow it, it may have only been two somebody Either can fact right check me or you can all just fuck off and just move on because at the end of the day after listening to this one would presume that this is the the better album because this because one it made, made the, the cut list. yeah so you'd have was to it ass- on the
0: sorry you had no
1: I, well i was just gonna say you would have to assume that this was the better of the two albums but at the same time knowing knowing some people that are just not on this list at all I'm shocked that I'm shocked that any of their albums made the cut
0: just because you weren't familiar with them and just no of, I mean or just because of the content yeah mean, just yeah. because
1: yeah just because of yeah just because of the content and yeah. and maybe they felt like they had to have some type of representation for English folk music
0: English folk from the early seventies and maybe it's an influence thing, you know, in terms of maybe they were very influential of, 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 bands that came after. Um, I hear, are you familiar with neutral milk hotel? Very, we're obviously going to get in the airplane over the sea on the, on this list. Um, yeah. I heard, um, a lot of Jeff, what's his name? I don't think I wrote it down. Jeff Mangum who's the guy from, in the, from neutral milk hotel. I, heard some serious similarities between his voice and Richard Thompson's voice. Did you catch that at all?
1: Man, it's fascinating that you say that because two weeks ago I picked up in the airplane over the sea on vinyl. So I've recently just listened to it. And, um,
0: yeah, especially when he's singing high
1: yeah when he gets into the upper ranges i can definitely see it because that's a place where neutral milk hotel kind of lives a little bit mm-hmm. like he doesn't really ever dive down into a lower register and i think that's just not as the, much yeah yeah just the nature of his voice but but yeah i can see that when yeah. richard thompson goes into the upper ranges kind of getting a little bit of that feel
0: vocally linda was the highlight for me on this one which makes sense because she was actually a session singer yeah and that's how he met her because yep. she was doing some session work. I don't know if it was for him or just in the same studio, but then they ended up getting married and making this record. I think this was the first one they made. Yes.
1: Yes. I believe that you're right.
0: But I liked her a lot. I thought she had this ability to take on different tones. Like for example, what was the first one? So withered and died. Yeah. Was the first song that uh, featured her and she just, it it was kind of really old fashioned kind of sounding the way she sung it. Yes. And it was just kind of somber very you know english folk type of tune um and then the next song i want to see the bright lights tonight was also her her she was the feature on that and it was just totally different like the tone that she she sounded sounded much more like 60s like hippie rock kind of stuff and much less like old-fashioned and you know uh choir-esque i guess
1: yeah so not to i mean let's it's going to be a broken record because the things that I like and adore in music, I'm always going to like and adore them regardless of the, the genre of the music. Right? Yeah. And so I want to see the pretty lights tonight that had some really fun trumpet work in it and some other yeah. work. And I'm just such a, fucking sucker for horns i meant to ask
0: you about the horns on this one because yeah you know when you say you're a sucker for horns is that just in general or i wasn't sure if that was mainly in like funk kind of music which no, is it's where, in where general. we initially talked about that no, okay. it's in general. so it's just in all types of music yeah, yeah.
1: I, like i don't think that you can go wrong with adding a horn trio no i mean i'm listen i'm sure that you can find something with god awful horns in it, um, but for the most part um if they're there um, squeaky clarinet yeah if if they're there though i'm i'm gonna be on it and i did i did like the trumpet work the brass section in general that they used for that title track i really really loved going back to withered and died mm-hmm. you know um yeah really straightforward and and the note that i made on this is i think she has a beautiful voice but i didn't i wasn't wowed by the range of her voice does that make sense
0: yeah yeah, definitely. I guess the the range, I understand that. I was more talking about just the she just sounded like a different person almost on the next song. You know, like it was oh, a different sure. tonality. But yeah, I agree with you on the, you know, she was definitely had had her area where she stayed and but that yeah. was okay with me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I and and I'm fine with that too. You know, yeah. it's not it's not a knock because again, her tone was just it's really beautiful. Like she really does have a beautiful voice, but it's not going to be one of those, you know, it's not, she's not going to have any crazy runs. No, this is not going to be a boys to men, like a female version of boys to men where you get these, you know, Mariah Carey, like scatting or Christina Aguilar or anything like that. It's very classical
0: straight to the point, you know, but good tonality, Um, I really enjoyed her enunciation. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but specifically her (laughs) consonant, the way she like enunciated consonants. I really noticed that kind of stuff with vocalists because sometimes it annoys the shit out of me. So you love Jim James. (laughs) I I do like Jim James, but but yeah, I just, I enjoyed her enunciation. (laughs) Thank you for your nice enunciation, Linda. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) As far as any other highlights on that one for you, the great uh, Valerio was uh, was kind of a cool. It was like very kind of spooky. I thought it was a cool outro to the record.
1: Okay, so I literally made the exact same notes. I wrote nice outro. Um, I loved the change of key that mm-hmm. takes place in the song, and I love the um, the. F- it sounded like finger pick work on the guitar. Yeah, the acoustic guitar for sure. Yeah, and and to me that. Honestly for a record that didn't have a ton of standouts on it and and not even a standout in general to me that that's probably one of the high points for me
0: was the great valerio yeah, yeah. and the outro of that song in general was or in particular was was pretty cool like they they went to this like little staccato line thing at the end which, by staccato i mean he's like cutting the notes off and not letting them ring out and yeah it was just it was a beautiful outro for sure but yeah, yeah i mean this this is a record where it's not like there's a hit on it necessarily. It's just, it's overall like, like you said, there were no real standouts. Probably not for me either. I probably liked the title track more than some of the others. And I liked uh, the storytelling and down where the drunkards roll. That was a nice, nice lyrical one, but, uh, um, but it's just an overall, you know, a good little snapshot of, of seventies British folk.
1: Yeah. And I'm, Okay, so I didn't add it to my digital library. Yeah. Probably. I mean, no, I'm not even going to pick it up in the bargain bin. You know, I'm not going to shop for it on vinyl.
0: Yeah. Even if it was $3, I'm probably, yeah. I might do it on vinyl just because I have this. I I think it would sound really good on vinyl, but I've said that before. But uh, I'm not really going to listen to it a lot. It's not going to be one of my go-tos or anything. Um, but I could see it staying on the list just to represent these guys somewhere on the list.
1: Okay. This was going to be a conversation for later, especially given, you know, the preview for next week. But I'm just going to plant this in your mind, and we don't have to talk about it anymore right now. What is not present on this list, notably, there is no Sturgill Simpson
0: on this list. We know that for sure? Yes. Okay.
1: And not because I cheated and looked at the whole list, but because I did kind of want to cheat and see where meta modern sounds and country music would appear on the list. And it's not on the list. Hmm. Do you know who else? And country music, like, again, I'm sorry, I ended up climbing down a fucking deep rabbit hole on this. (laughs) Um, There's another artist in the country music genre that is not represented in this list at all.
0: Hmm. You want me to tell you who it is? Um, I'm thinking about it. Is it like a similar similar style of country to Sturgill Simpson? Or? Well, yes, but... Hank Williams.
1: No, Hank Williams is on this list. Okay. There is no Garth Brooks album on this list. Oh, man.
0: I'm okay with that. Well, and listen, <laughs> he,
1: like him, love him, or hate him, the idea that there's not a single Garth Brooks album, and Garth Brooks is the number one... <laughs> country selling country yeah he sold more country music albums than anybody else and just because you sell a lot Hmm. of albums that doesn't make them great that's not what i'm arguing here but listen i've seen garth brooks in concert before i've listened to garth brooks records and the idea that the idea that not a single one of those records is worthy i don't
0: know so is that your is that an argument against this one being on the list
1: listen There and I can go back through the albums that we've already done, and Uh I can tell you right now, I would throw off a. (laughs) I might throw (laughs) off every fucking one if I could replace any one of these with meta modern sounds and country music.
0: Really? Yeah. Even the Stooges. (sighs) No, I wouldn't get rid of the Stooges,
1: but I sure as fuck would get rid of Richard Richard and Linda Thompson. And no offense, but anyway, listen, I like I just I found it intriguing. Um, I'm sure that. I'm sure that other rabbit holes will be dug up where we can find other people that you and I might think belong on it. What? Yeah. 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 But that Sturgill, I knew would be one that would probably resonate with you.
0: Well, because I would assume the same thing. I would assume it'd be a no brainer that it'd be on here. Yeah. Just when you have, I mean, 500 is a big number. I mean, granted, the number, I mean, it's not really, I guess, when you start getting into thinking about how much music is out how there. How much music. But. You would think if you were going to take a cross section of five hundred, and that it would be on there. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of I the day,
1: country music only. There's only, according to the website that I that I was read that was ranting about this. Um, there's only sixteen, really, what you would call legitimate country music albums on this list.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Which seems like kind are- of a radical underestimation, or just like a snub. Yeah, definitely a
0: snub. Are you counting Linda Ronstadt on that or no?
1: No, they were not counting Linda Ronstadt. Hmm. So, but anyway, listen, for though, me, for me, it's off. For, I'm not, I'm not keeping it on.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's on personally, right. but uh, that's, that's okay. There's our first disagreement. <laughs> we're getting kind of <laughs> upset about each other here. <laughs> All right. Give me a
1: look. Four, 484. <laughs> I did not give any. It. I didn't <laughs> no luck. Uh, I'm okay.
0: just kidding.
1: All right, Lady uh number 484, Lady Gaga from 2011, her sophomore album, which fuck that. This is really her third album. All right, it's not her sophomore album, but we can debate that later. Uh born this way. Rolling Stone says, quote, Over the top isn't an insult in Gaga's world. It's a statement of purpose. Her second album is a work of blessed bombat, all arena-sized sonics, and Springsteenian romanticism, complete with a Clarence Clemens sax solo. There's a thumping half-in-Spanish song that proposes marriage to, quote, a girl in East L.A., Americano, a synth-pop jam that includes a come-on... to John F. Kennedy, government <laughs> hooker, and a touching ballad about a guy from Nebraska, you and I. Fittingly, the glam rock title track became an LB, an LGBTQ anthem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you say, good sir?
0: I was a big fan, and I mean, I of course I knew Lady Gaga in general, and I knew one song from this record, which was a title track because it was a huge radio hit. Um, speaking of uh, the shout out to John F. Kennedy. The government hooker was a was a huge highlight for me. <laughs> uh, um, the production on this album is just fucking top notch. Okay, yeah. like hands down, whoever is the producer, I'm gonna look look that up and seek out other. And I don't even. It's not like that's usually my preferred style of music is <clears throat> like produced beats and stuff. But these were just like super dope beats. You this know? is just throughout.
1: <laughs> this is whatever. Eleven tracks, twelve tracks, and it's just banger after banger after yeah. banger there's
0: like one song where it kind of slows down R- what um you liar no no no. i'm serious <laughs> you liar um you and i hold on i wrote it down so let me figure this one out uh bloody mary bloody mary it was kind of vibey like kind of laid back it would but uh it was Did definitely you pay like attention- a- i'm sorry go ahead. no you go ahead it was just slower tempo than uh than every other song on the record for sure what were you going to say though?
1: Well, did you pay attention to the lyrics on that song? Uh,
0: a little bit. I might have even have it, it was pretty religious themed if I remember correctly. Very
1: much so. Yeah. It was basically it's basically a love letter from Mary Magdalene to Jesus.
0: Okay, I didn't read into it that much. I didn't, I didn't you know listen to it that much, but yeah. uh that that's cool. That's a cool uh, theme to have
1: man and and this was one of those albums that um because i was familiar with it um i've actually seen lady gaga in concert whoa as well. that's oh, awesome
0: yeah. she's f- where was that was that here in town
1: no it was at uh rosemont um rosemont arena and it was right after right around the time she released the fame monster which by the way that's why i'm calling bullshit on this as her sophomore i was gonna album. ask okay so She releases The Fame in 2008.
0: What's on The Fame? Is that like Just Dance? That's Poker Face. Poker Face, Just Dance. dance.
1: Yes. And to me, okay, spoiler alert, this is the only Gaga on this list.
0: Okay. Because I didn't expect that. I assumed there'd be another.
1: I figured there would too. I figured Joanne. Is that the one that came after this? Yes. That's The Country. It's The Country album.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that's surprising.
1: It's very surprising to me
0: too. I'm shocked. Super Bowl headliner yeah. and stuff w- with another album then you know after yeah. this yeah
1: yeah and then she did the album with tony bennett not that i'm saying that the the duet album that she did with tony bennett would. I I heard that one yeah
0: I, she did a couple with mark ronson though. i don't know if was he involved in this one dude did, did you look into no, that no i album? don't believe so okay i don't believe so
1: but He's but cool. honestly if you're only gonna pick one album i'm probably gonna put the fame before yeah it's hard not this to. One.
0: i feel like that one it, I mean, especially it was more radio successful, right?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't think it was more. No. I don't think it was more radio successful only because you know, "Born This Way," it became such like it became such an anthem for real for a whole group of people. Yeah, and um, if you listen to it lyrically, fuck yeah, it did. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing that I will say about this is that okay, so hearkening, hearkening to things that we have harped about before she wrote she's got writing credits on every single one of these songs every song
0: i looked into that i I mean and there's other writers but yeah she's on everyone yeah Yeah. she'll
1: team with other people but she's a collaborator yeah she writes she she she's hands-on right and and i have to imagine uh, i mean listen maybe she doesn't write every single word of all of her lyrics but the lyrics on this album are really
0: there's an overarching message yeah of like of individuality and acceptance of yourself which I can get behind the, the message for sure. Um There's no she way just that likes to she likes to be representative of the downtrodden I wrote down, <laughs> you know. Yeah. She's she's all about, you know, picking you up if you're feeling down.
1: Yeah, she's the voice, she's she provides a voice potentially to the voiceless, right? Yes. Or power to the unempowered. 100%. And that's a it's a really really beautiful thing. A really yeah. beautiful thing. So, um,
0: and I was, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of, you said that you were lucky enough to see her live. That was what I was just thinking when I was listening to this was, it would be so cool to see Lady Gaga live. And this is so far removed from what I normally listen to, like on a daily basis, you know, but I enjoyed it a lot.
1: What blew me away more than anything about seeing her live is that she, um, she dances her ass off. She's singing. The entire time Yeah she's a hard worker Listen it's not a track And I've also I've also seen Taylor Swift live And guess what Taylor Swift sings to Her fucking CD Does she really Yes That's kind of a letdown It is I was severely disappointed by that And and I think part of that is because She knows she's going to be out there Dancing her ass off And so rather than Have a concert that sounds like shit You know she'll sing to a track Now when Bush
0: League compared to Lady Gaga.
1: A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Now, when she went acoustic because there was like a three-song deal where where all of the dancers and the production and everything went away and it was just her and a the guitar. There was no track there. She was saying T- Listen, Taylor Swift is she's golden in she's my book. She's definitely a good performer, yeah. Yeah, and she also writes all of her own shit and everything, but but Gaga was absolutely money and when, when you hear the phrase performance art, which I didn't really know what that meant.
0: <laughs> she showed you, huh? I fucking get it.
1: <laughs> I get it 100%. And if you get the chance, even if you don't even enjoy Lady
0: Gaga's music, which I can't imagine how you would just say, I hate this. No one can just write it off. No. Because you know? she's supremely Maybe talented. Maybe if it's not your style, but that, this is not my style. and But also, like what, what even style is this? I mean, is dance pop at its at its heart you know but there's more to it it's, it's a rock record like born this way is a straight rock and roll tune wouldn't you say yes um there's heavy metal on it you know there's there's one song that has like some crazy electric chapel had like some crazy heavy metal guitar riff that started it off
1: i wrote i wrote a guitar point! yeah i wrote too, i was like first song
0: to feature guitar and then it like went full madonna after that But then it had like some badass shred metal guitar solo towards towards the end. Yes, I wrote down who played that. I never looked into that. Well, did Um, you
1: dig into you and I at all? Because it
0: was Brian May. Yeah. Fuck yes, it was
1: Brian May. Yeah. I got so excited whenever I saw that because the first thing that I read about was how she sampled um, the drum beat from We Will Rock You. Yeah. And if you listened, like that's clear as day.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then to know that he did the guitar work on that song. I was like,
0: fuck off. Yeah. Rad, Mm -hmm. you
1: know, just really awesome.
0: Yeah. There's, and there's unmistakable Brian May licks throughout. He he has a lot of fills in there and stuff.
1: Yeah. And his, his guitar tone is one of those guitar tones that once, once you know that it's Brian May, you can't, Unknown. Uh,
0: <laughs> well he built his own guitar. So I mean that that helps. <laughs> did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, know him that. and his dad. He him and his dad built built his guitar. It's a one of a kind. Well, no, they they'd since have done like a like a, a reproduction of it, but yeah. none of them are as the same, obviously, as the one that that started it all with the Queen. But uh so yeah, I wrote down you know, it's a rock record, it's a metal record, it's techno. There's like a mariachi song on it. That was uh Americana. Americana. That was yeah. really cool.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, i love mary the knight though like and mary the knight's
0: good good opener yeah
1: dude and it sets the tone Mm -hmm. right because it's just it's yeah
0: yeah. but it's also lighthearted you know it's just about Mm -hmm. you know there's no serious topics in that one that's what i like about lady gaga is she can just write about just a wild spectrum of things like like because she'll just write a deep song that has like some serious you know cultural implications and then she'll write a song, you know, about someone blowing up her phone, and, that, and that's the whole, the whole fucking yes. song, you know. So, which is kind of cool. I, I mean, I don't hate her simplistic songs.
1: No, I agree with you. Um, I love um, some of the some of the songs that I loved. Hair, which is like the sixth track on here, maybe that is pure message. Just be yourself, individuality. And yeah, be yourself and love yourself for who you are. I, I just love the message, and it's a great song bad kids kind of the same thing right um, yeah just love and support children
0: again being want, wanting to be a, like a supporter of the of the downtrodden
1: yeah you know? and then you and i and you and i was a huge radio hit everybody knows that and you then and i was almost
0: country-ish did you get the country feel at all yeah 100
1: percent, 100 percent. and then i dug down that rabbit hole about how it's about like her ex-boyfriend from nebraska oh really yeah going down that one yeah. That's why she talks about my Nebraska guy in it. Okay. Because she was dating a dude that was from Omaha for, and I guess she, it sounds like she dated him for a long time. Um, but that's basically what that song's about. And then even more intriguing, she made a video where she does like the dual camera thing where it's like her dressed as Lady Gaga playing piano, but then she dresses up to look like him. Mm. And she's, yeah hauntingly close to, to what he looks like based on internet pictures
0: wow um yeah i mean just just leave lots to of lady fun. gaga performance art like yeah
1: a hundred percent and then edge of glory and edge of glory is i mean i in some ways i almost think it was just as big as born this way in just in terms of like commercial success really yeah i don't remember
0: that but i don't i don't listen to a lot of radio so i i kind of miss out on a lot of that stuff no you don't you're oh, you know you are not, mean, you're not, not actually you're messing, messing out. Yeah. <laughs> um I thought it was interesting how often she paired religious lyrics with like straight up sex. <laughs> Sexual lyrics. And you know, in the same song, like she would reference, you know, it's like something religious, and then she would she would talk about just something just absolutely risque or yeah, weird, just you know? super filthy. Yeah. Um
1: what was it in heavy metal lover? I wrote Love me club bangers about
0: orgies. Yeah, I wrote synth pop with sex lyrics. <laughs> so, uh, but cool synth usage. Like that was like very that was a synth heavy song. A lot of them were synth heavy and yeah. I loved all the synth patches that were on this record. Just super cool, fat sounding, you know, yeah. um bass synths throughout. And just the beats were a serious highlight. And for me, it's not really usually something that I even care that much about, but specifically Government Hooker, the the production on that was just mind-blowing. Yeah, indeed, worth checking out.
1: And and listen, I um, you know, we already let the cat out of the bag. This is the only Gaga album on the list. I think it's. I mean, listen, it's really low. You know, um, I think it, there needs to be a Gaga record on the list. I would say a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would. I don't know why I would pick this one over the Fame, though. To be quite honest with yeah. you,
0: yeah, I'd have to sit down and listen to the Fame all the way through to make that judgment personally. But, yeah. uh, I mean I know a couple songs on it
1: yeah or I would even take joanne um just because it's a country record and and it's a country record from somebody that was wildly successful doing pop music and that's it's not easy
0: and like we said there's not enough country on the list
1: yeah there's definitely not but from that standpoint I would even take um I would even take the soundtrack from a star is born which I've probably listened to 30 times.
0: And that's not on here because I don't know if that would that be classified as a pure Gaga record or
1: I would. uh, Well, um, again, shout out to another listener, uh, Heather, who's put together a spreadsheet of all of the records on this list (laughs) and the year that the record is from. And so she could sort it. Thanks, Heather. To see how many how many times individual artists appear. Right. Um, A thankless project like. Thank you for doing that. I haven't peeked at it though because again I'm trying no, not spoilers. to spoilers. Yeah, know, I'm trying not to spoil. Of course, we'll have to dig into that at some point in time because it's it's a treasure trove of figuring out, you know, what decades are more represented than other decades, what yeah. artists are more represented than others, but but um no, there's there's no more gaga on the list. And I don't believe that the soundtrack from A Star Is Born
0: is on here. So But yeah, I don't really have anything bad to say about this record, to tell you the truth. I
1: got nothing bad to say about it yeah nothing bad to say just outside of you know i might question is that if we're only gonna have one album from her is this the album that i want i might take the fame um over this one but this was already no you know what i take that back this album was not in my digital collection the fame was in my digital collection yeah yeah because i'm a huge fan of it
0: i don't know that i would put the whole record and i I usually prefer to listen to whole records but i do too. But I don't know that I would put this whole record in my digital collection. But I would That's pick, fair. I would cherry pick some tunes out of it for sure.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And just I don't feel super you...
0: strongly about getting it on vinyl.
1: No, yeah. no, I'm not gonna. Do, no, I'm not gonna do this on vinyl.
0: Yeah, but not. I would keep it on the list.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Because I'm definitely keeping Gaga on the list, and and I might even I might even boot another Richard and Linda Thompson just to, <laughs> to give her more representation. Because I think it's listen, I I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. So
0: me too. We right. are in agreement on that. Moving on. You ready for it? Do it. Number 483, Muddy Waters, the anthology released in 2001, but it covers years from 1947 to 1972. Muddy Waters started out playing acoustic Delta blues in Mississippi But when he moved to Chicago in 1943, he needed an electric guitar to be heard over the tumult of Southside clubs. The sound he developed was the foundation of Chicago blues and rock and roll. The thick, bleeding tones of his slide work anticipated rock guitar distortion by nearly two decades. The 50 cuts on these two CDs run from guitar and stand-up bass duets to full band romps, and they still just scratch the surface of Waters' legacy. 50 tracks on this one. This was a long one to listen to. Did you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. Me too.
1: Yeah. Parts of it I listened to multiple times.
0: Wow, really? Yeah. And it was more of the early stuff. Um, that was what I was going to ask because there were two records, there were two discs on this, if, yeah. if you got it, and it, when it was released, it was released on CD. And disc one was tunes um, from 1947 to 1955. And then the second one was had a couple of, tracks from that time frame but then it was the, the rest of it was 1956 to 1964 and they were very different sound it was kind of interesting because you could get to see the progression of of muddy's sound you know and early on a lot of it was just him with a guitar and maybe a, like a, like they said a stand-up bass. a stand-up bass yeah. and that was my the highlight for me not that i didn't yes. like the later band the full band stuff but there was just something so pure just a purity of spirit just listening to just him and a guitar and like probably one microphone, you know, like that he was just playing in front of, I would say.
1: I mean, that's really what, yeah, that's what, it didn't sound like there was a mic on the guitar and one that he was singing into. It sounded like it was just like one. I loved it because
0: there was a cool little detail for me. Like a couple of times it sounded like the song was fading out, but it's just because he like, turned his face away from the <laughs> microphone like that and it just kind of it, it kind of added to the intimacy of it. It made it feel like you were sitting there with with muddy waters and he was playing you a song. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Um I will say this because like I said, I definitely listened to the earlier stuff more. Just I just listened to it more and maybe that's because of you know, part of this I was listening just a cold listen without any intent and then I went back and I very much listened with intent, meaning, you know, one time I'm just listening to it basically as background noise while I'm doing other stuff. And then with intent, like I'm sitting down with my notebook, noise canceling headphones on, like just digging, yeah. right? Like digging for stuff. And the first the first part of it, the first disc, if you will, is when I ended up listening to more. And, um, and I liked it, but at the same time, I really liked it when he went electric. Yeah. I really did. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff, like especially when you think about Hoochie Coochie Man.
0: That was like one of his singles, if you will. Yeah. yeah. That
1: that was right. That was when he started dropping 45s and whatnot. Um but his especially when he went electric and I don't know if it was just the nature of having to deal with amplified instruments, playing bigger spaces and just being because by the time that he went electric, like he was muddy waters. Yeah. Right. Like he had, he was he was. people knew him like everybody knew what he was doing. The, the tonality of his voice, right? Like it got more aggressive, yeah. I guess is what it got I might thicker,
0: say. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, like there was more. I don't know. I I feel like in a lot of ways, the later stuff when he went electric, it gave him more license to just to do different shit with his voice. Yeah, yeah. Know? I mean,
0: you have less like a like a with the early stuff. It's you know he's just him playing all the parts on the guitar, and you might have a, someone a bass player backing him up, but it, he's he's creating the whole sound. Whereas yeah. later. When you have extra musicians on the roster, you know, you have a little more room to stretch out and, you know, flesh things out a little bit more.
1: Well, and just um, get gravelly with his voice if he Be wanted to. Be a little to. more expressive with Yeah, him. get yeah. a little bit screamy if he wanted. And now, listen, I, nothing that he did was, was screamy in any way, but just. Growly, though. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And his guitar. That was like, there's just some like twangy growl to his guitar that I really enjoy, especially the slide stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which was a lot of it. He's very slide heavy.
1: Yeah. And the acoustic slide stuff on the from the first disc, from the earlier stuff that he did, um, listen, I really, really loved it. But at the same time, I don't know that I could tell anybody, you know, set aside three hours of your life and get ready to go through two discs of Muddy Waters because you won't want to stop.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's blues. And at some point, I'm not trying to hate. And I, I really enjoy blues, and I recognize the influence that it's had. But you can only listen to so much blues at one time. Yeah, And that's my opinion. A lot of people don't feel that way. You know, I have friends that really love the blues. And I do too, but you can only listen to so much blues, in my opinion. Well, and it's... I mean, listen,
1: maybe... I could probably sit around for an entire day and listen to blues, but I wouldn't do it from one artist.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, every single song on this record is a 12 bar blues. Yes. You know, which for those who don't know what that is, our listeners, that's just basically 12 measures. So like, you know, counting to four, 12 times a lot of the time. And, uh, that's what the the heart of the blues is, and it's very simple chord changes. Yeah, usually three
1: chords. Yep, usually right?
0: three. Occasionally they'll add an extra fancy one in there, but and every single song without fail was that. Yeah, and that's just what it was. It you know it's just it's more blues is more of about of a, the feeling. It's a feeling. You know, it's not like every song is that much different from the next. No,
1: but and and the blues also to me is where and I'm not a big enough music historian to be able to speak with any type of authority on this, but I'm assuming that, you know, blues was really one of the first musical art forms. Well, I take that back. Like I was just getting ready to say something fucking dumb. What Um, were you going to say? Well, what I was going to say is like blues was one of those early art forms where you had instrumentation that was emotive in nature. Yeah, does that make sense? But that's bullshit, though, because jazz was doing that, and jazz was doing that two decades before any of this was recorded. Yeah, right. But I do like the fact that I, 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 I'm going to stand by the statement that I feel like the blues was a step in the evolution of instruments, really, really creating a totally different emotion that i mean listen it, it gave way to a genre
0: and blues wasn't necess- like even though this was on record after the jazz this definitely came first i think like the style sure. of music and uh, the reason i was looking at looking on my phone here is because i was listening to this record last night and it got me thinking like when did the, like every song was told bar blues like when, like, where did that come from? You know, and like, how long have they been around? And I so I was doing some googling, and it's basically you cannot identify where the first twelve-bar blues format, you know, because it's not only these twelve-bar blues format is not only in blues; it's used in jazz, it's used yeah. in pop. You know, you hear it on the radio today, all the you know, all like, the time. You know, maybe fifty percent. Like it's a it's such a common, pervasive form of music that it just basically has made its way into every style of music. So I was thinking like, when did this shit start? Like, and so I was, I was looking it up and there's no way to uh, identify where the first one was with the first 12 bar blues occurred because it says, because of the nature of the blues itself, because it was like an oral tradition you know, yeah. that was passed on for, for years and it was not recorded. The first 12 bar blues was recorded by a guy named WC handy um, in 1912. So that was like the first time that one was actually recorded and he's known as the father of the blues but really he was more of like a historian because he was just like recording oh, so something that had that, that had been he had around. heard yeah wow fascinating so this stuff this the whole heart of this stuff had been around for like I, I don't know maybe hundreds of years probably you know and
1: and even within you know the lineage like the 20th century lineage of the blues you know muddy waters is here at 483 we're getting robert johnson at yeah, some point, say, right? Yeah. I mean, because because I know because I've listened to the complete, like, there's an album. It's I think it's another, another 50 double, song record. Yeah, or- it's another double banger, but I'm pretty sure it's called The Complete Recordings of Robert Johnson.
0: Yeah, I wonder what else, what other kind of blues we're going to be getting. I'm sure we'll get Robert Johnson. I'm sure we'll hear some BB King on it, don't you think? You got to. We'll, we'll get live at the Regal, I almost guarantee. You think so? P- probably. I would bet. Yeah.
1: Listen, either way, there's going to be BB King has got to be represented. For sure. I mean, he has to be represented in some format. So, you know, this is listen, it's one of those steps in the evolution and and as they indicate. Yeah, you if you listen to this record, you'll hear you hear the influence. For sure. Right? Especially thinking about what happened with rock and roll music in the early to mid 1950s, what happened to that line of like the musical family tree and it all a, came
0: from this you know and, yeah and that's they even mentioned that in the rolling stones description yeah 100 percent. but um so for me it belongs on the list 100 percent. i mean and like i just was saying earlier i prefer to listen to records straight through which is one of the reasons why i'm enjoying this podcast so much it's because i get to do that with so many new records but this is not one i'm going to sit down and listen to straight through No, this is 50 songs. I mean, I might listen to a muddy waters record, but not the anthology, but I think that I'm not against this being on the, even though it's a greatest hits, I'm not against this one being on the list.
1: No, no, I'm not against this being on the list either. Um, just a couple more notes that I made. Um, I enjoyed what he did vocally more than what he was doing on the guitar. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked his vocals more than his guitar work. Um, I
0: liked his vocals a lot,
1: too. Um, he does sing um, I Just Want to Make Love to You.
0: Yeah, that was cool. I was listening to that today. It like,
1: blew my mind because I'm like, I
0: fucking know
1: this song. I
0: just want to make love to you.
1: Now, granted, I'm way more familiar with the Foghat version Yeah, no. of this song, but it was really cool to hear. And the, the bass tone on that recording of um, I Want to Make like who would have really thought muddy waters fat beautiful bass tone
0: muddy waters covering fog hat i know. know who would have thunk it who
1: would have thunk it um also there there is a live truck on here i feel so good that was live and i listen i'm a sucker for live recordings anyway but especially on that live recording like you do get ambient audience noise yeah and the energy that the energy in the recording which is tough to capture it was really phenomenal
0: can you imagine being at a muddy water show in the you know late 40s or you know early 50s no that would be something
1: no it's that like that is literally that emoji of the fucking guy's like cranium exploding yeah (laughs) like that's yeah that's what it would be like so um i don't know did anything stand out for you like, song-wise, any like, I mean, obviously, we've talked about this a ton. and
0: There were almost too many songs to for one to stand out to me, and just yeah. the fact that they were all 12-bar blues. They all kind of meld together for me, yes. but not in a bad way. No. It's just, like, it's the heart of it. You know, the The record has a certain spirit to it, and it's not really about, there's no hits or anything. Although, I guess there was the Hoochie Coochie one, Hoochie which was kind band. of a big deal. But yeah. uh, um, we're obviously both Grateful Dead fans. Mm-hmm. and uh, you definitely can't uh, be remiss not to mention his influence on Jerry Garcia, which was massive. Yeah. Muddy Waters in particular. Like, yeah. You know, beyond just blues, and specifically Muddy Waters. So um, I feel like I can hear a little bit of early Jerry. I can definitely hear it influenced by the guitar work on this record. Mm-hmm. Big time.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Listen, I'm keeping it. Um, yeah, we're keeping I dig it on it. the
0: list, and I would get it on vinyl, and I would spend... I don't even know if they have it on, if they have released it on vinyl, but, uh, I would, you know, spend a little bit of it and I would put it away and pick it back up later. <laughs> it's you know, not what I'm going to listen to all at once.
1: You know what? When it comes down to for me, um, listen, I'm probably not gonna I'm not going to, I'll cherry pick songs to add to my digital library. I'm not going to add the whole thing to my digital library just because it's, it's too big. I'm just like you, right? I don't like listening to individual songs. I like, Listening to records, you know, because to me, when an artist, excuse me, when an artist creates a record, I would hope that they're making a record with intent. Right. And the intent of every record should be, I want you to listen to this. And I place the songs in this order for a reason. Yeah. They might not be clear and apparent to every listener or even clear and apparent to me. Yeah. But, you know, the last time that I picked up a book and read chapter three out of 12 chapters. <laughs> That's
0: an interesting, uh, I like that analogy there.
1: It was yeah. fucking never, because I don't ever do that, right? I'm never going to do that. So um, so I tend to view music as the same way. It's an art form, right? I want to be respectful of that art form. So for me, I'm not going to add this whole record. I might cherry pick a few, but especially with vinyl, what I would really like to find is a smaller collection of Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters. Yeah. Preferably live. Like Ooh. if they if they had a collection of live recordings of of Muddy on vinyl, I am f- You'd be all in. I'm all in.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I can get behind that too. Yeah. All in. So You put the words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that? <laughs> okay.
1: 482. You ready?
0: 482. This right. one's you, Mike. 482.
1: Uh the far side. The title of the album, Bizarre Ride 2, The Far Side, from 1992. Rolling Stone says, These high school friends from L.A. were a little like a West Coast answer to De La Soul and a tribe called Quest, offering their own spin on alternative hip-hop in the 90s and showing there was something going on in Southern California beyond G-Funk. They rapped about innocent topics like having a crush on a teacher and passing me by which was a small hit but also about dating a cute girl who turns out to be a John Doe and run-ins with the cops, public public enemy homage officer. It all came out as bright and refreshing as Sorbet.
0: Yeah. So you were familiar with these guys, right?
1: Yeah. I first got introduced to this album. It would have been in 1994 uh, by a buddy of mine that I played in garage bands with. So we nice. Used to, we used to roll around the dark streets of Turlock, California late at night, um bumping <laughs> Far Side.
0: Good old Turlock. Good I old. I spent some time in Turlock. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> not listening to the Far Side, but
1: No, so what'd you think? Because you were not familiar with this.
0: Never have I listened to the Far Side until this week. Um yeah, I don't know. Because this is like contemporary to like NWA, right? Maybe at like a couple of years past, but I would consider it like a contemporary. Would would you say that or no?
1: I would say that um, most NWA that people would be familiar with, especially um, NWA and the Posse, Straight Out of Compton, Easy Ease, Easy Does It, all those albums were probably, think, 87 to 89. Okay. So a few years
0: post. So this would be more. <laughs> Would this be like Tupac kind of time frame?
1: No, probably before that. predecessor to Tupac. Really? I mean, Tupac was probably contemporary in terms of Digital Underground. Because remember, Tupac was with Digital Underground before yeah. he broke off and did his own thing. And this is, well, I mean, fuck.
0: We it, can find this, that has, out, yeah. this
1: has to be really close to uh, to when Digital Underground released sex packets is what I would think.
0: But it's kind of right in there. I mean, it's hard not to blend them together but uh yeah so i mean i was i'm pretty familiar with a lot of the 90s hip-hop but somehow i missed these guys i think i've heard of them maybe but uh i liked it it was a interesting different take on the genre for sure much jazzier yeah you know like very jazz informed yes very much so
1: like a lot of the so so for me the thing that stands out about about this album in particular is The playfulness of the lyrics right yes and and there's some of this that um listen i love there's there's four different guys right four different MCs, if you will um some of them are just kind of flat out goofy you know super goofy and kind of funny but all of them have a real like a very listenable flow right a very listenable flow big time none of these lyrics listen in some ways Going back and listening to this, some ways it was kind of disappointing, because it had been a long time since I had listened to it, admittedly, and some, to a certain extent, some of this was disappointing only because, listen, for the most part, this is, this is fucking hoes, and smoking yeah. weed
0: smoking weed and uh, yeah just silliness and, but they're it's just silly though you know what i mean like it's, yeah. it's a lot sillier than when i think of like nwa it's a maybe they take themselves a little more seriously yeah you know and this is very silly but at the same time they're they're talking about a lot of the same things and they're not being unpolitical like there's a couple songs where like they're totally joking around like officer being one, yeah. but they're still pointing out important issues you know what i mean and they're You know, it's a commentary on it.
1: Yeah, it's a weird, playful take on... And listen, let's talk about Officer, right? Because Officer is a weird, playful take on... Listen, please don't pull me over because I know that I'm doing fucked up shit and I know that if you pull me over, it's not going to end well for me.
0: Yeah, because of who I am and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: and and it's basically because I'm black, right? Right. Which is a story that...
0: And they all but say that. That is a story that is, you know all over the place and all type over of the music. place yeah. today you know and just today obviously too yeah exactly
1: yeah and and you you know you only have to go back 30 years to hear fucking nwa rap about it on fuck the police and straight out of compton and everything else um it's
0: still going on
1: yeah it's still going on and so there's a part of me that i don't know like i think about kendrick lamar and i think about more contemporary hip-hop from today that it's obscenely intelligent. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, just really, really, really intelligent the way that they're putting verses together and putting bars together and and just really speaking a message and doing it in an unbelievably creative way with wordplay. Mm-hmm. And this is not that.
0: No, this is just... You know stoners messing around in a studio but that are also talented musicians you know fuck what I mean? yeah and,
1: <laughs> and but the one thing that this does do that i don't think was being done a whole lot of is how they used a combination of really just disparate and eclectic samples and sounds to craft beats that are undeniably just indelible yeah right and and the best example if you've never experienced the far side and there's really only a handful of far side albums this was their debut they did um so this was in 1992 in 1996 they did lab in california hmm. which is also another good record i prefer this one um to this lab is your Cabin favorite Calif- far side yeah. record yeah, yeah it is it is, um, and if you like, if you're only gonna listen to one song on this record, listen to "Passing Me By" because that that'll give you a little bit of everything. It 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 speaks to the playfulness of what they're talking about, and and
0: yeah, the and cool instrumentation too. I think that had like a, a really cool baseline on it, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, and it was also it's not just the baseline in that one too, but it's um, I'm trying to think about what fucking instrument. It is that they sample. Uh
0: sex. Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sex. Yeah, it's that's yeah. it's the saxophone sample in there. And it's just it's it's listen, it's really, really good and and that same type of sound is ubiquitous through the whole record. Yeah. You know? Not the, monotonous. Not monotonous. No, but, but prevalent. Yeah. But prevalent. And it takes place throughout.
0: So Yamama, mama, was that like <laughs> Did they like start your mama <laughs> jokes, or was that like a response? I was honestly curious. I was like, did they, did your mama jokes like start after this record came out, or or, or was that like, was it already a thing, and they just kind of? I like to think the Far Side invented your mama jokes. <laughs>
1: I'm actually I'm actually okay with with saying that the Far Side went ahead and created. You heard it your here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably not, but that song was. That song was a fuckload of
0: fun. That song just sounded, I was just going to say, like you can just hear how much fun these guys are having. They are having so much fun. It's just like good. They're just good friends. They're hanging out in the studio, just joking around. Yes. And just the amount of fun that they had making this record is criminal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I love uh, For Better or For Worse for better or for worse, is a really, really fun track for me.
0: Is that the one where he's eating? He's like eating the girl yes. at the end or something? I remember I wrote that. It's, down-
1: it's not even at the end, right? It's not even at the end. It's throughout. And, well, so it's, um, I want to say it's the second verse picks up and, and on the track, it's not, really averse because there's, there's basically a girl that picks up the phone and the guy on the other end of the phone is talking to her about how he's
0: going to eat her, (laughs) about
1: how he's going to slice her open and kind (laughs) of eat her fingers. And then at, at one line or at one point, because the girl on the other end of the line is just saying, who is this? Who are you? Like, why are you doing this? Who is this? Who are you? Why are you doing this? And then the male voice on the phone, um, he gets to the point where he says, uh, But I insist, but I insist. <laughs> and I'm going to go up into your pussy with my fist. With fist. <laughs> and and at that point, the female voice on the other end of the line just completely gaps. And
0: she just like, like hangs up. She, probably. No, she
1: just screams. She's like, Ah! Yeah. She just starts screaming into the phone. And then the male voice goes, I'm sorry. I may have gone a little too far.
0: <laughs> yeah, big time. I mean, it's just the lyric I wrote down from that part was he said talking about eating her brain cells, and he said, mm, "You taste so intelligent." <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, and and it's buried in the middle of the song because it's not even at the end of the song. I'm pretty sure it's the pretty second. Pretty hard to ignore,
0: though. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I think I was. It's. Yeah.
1: It's listen. I'm not gonna. It's very comically done. It doesn't sound comical, and I'm sure that we're going to offend somebody. <laughs> if you go out and listen to it. You can certainly choose to be offended if you want to, but if you take it for what it is, which is just,
0: it's just fucking around.
1: It's just fucking around, and it's just silliness. Um, from that standpoint, it maybe there's some me. like
0: deep political commentary here that we're not getting.
1: <laughs> God, I hope <laughs> not. Some email. <laughs> I really hope, I really hope that we're not that dense when it comes to it. Um, pack the pipe towards the back of the album. The um, second pack, the pipe, the second pack, the pipe. Cause yes. the first one was a skip. Yeah. The first one. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. There were I
0: two pack the pipes. Yeah. Well,
1: and that's, that was the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because if you made a hip hop album in the 1990s, and I know that we're going to get to a ton more of these things, you, you skits. really only had to make a fucking seven or eight songs maybe. Yeah, And then the other 10 songs on the album were going to be skits. And so, of course, you get that in this. And um, listen, I don't miss skits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm actually really happy that hip hop, for the most part, has moved away, away from, from it. it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie, whenever I go back and listen to The Chronic, um, I love the twenty dollars sack pyramid
0: yeah. on the chronic. If I enjoy you're the Marshall Mathers LP skits too.
1: Fuck dude, the,
0: especially the one where. What's the lawyer?
1: The, what's the lawyer's name from oh all shit. of uh, the Eminem? I forget. Um, Ken or there's fucking Ken Kniff.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does. I'm thinking
0: about the skit with uh, what's the uh, the Juggalo. Oh, Insane Clown Posse? Yeah, with see remember, remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've Yes, I very much. Yes. Yeah. He's
1: receiving. Might fellatio. be Finatio. Yeah, yeah, fellatio <laughs> yeah exactly. from, from J2Dope or whatever. Shaggy2Dope. Shaggy2Dope. Uh, it's
0: okay that we don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, right? it is totally okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this album is laden with skits. And listen, I don't miss them. But at the same time, I do like, I like, I kind of like going back and hearing them now it's funny
0: going back, but also the skits were like jazz tunes. I don't know. Did you, listen yes, I, I was having a hard time not paying attention to the backing music because <laughs> like all the skits were, was, was basically some pianist. Whoever played piano on this record was no slouch. They were a good jazz pianist and they were, you know, like all the skits were some awesome jazz piano lines and a, a jazz drummer. And yeah. then the far side fucking around over the top of that. You
1: yes. Know? Yes. Um, Okay, but going back to Pack the Pipe, the second Pack the Pipe, um, if anybody is curious about the weed preferences for the far side, there are no fucking blunts to be had with the far side. No blunts? They make it very clear that they do not want any tobacco to be mixed in with their marijuana. No spliffs. No fucking blunts. Yeah. That shit is weak.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, Quentin's on the way kind of cracked me up. That was the skit that was before Pack the Pipe, and it was like Quentin's on his way with another J. Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I wrote, I
1: wrote down, um, LOL, another silly ass skit. Guy, guy bringing a J to smoke.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. It was <laughs> like, and maybe they actually like called their friend Quentin, and they're like, "Thank God he's bringing another one. We should record a track about that, guys. Quentin's bringing another J. Everything's gonna be okay." <laughs> And the last lyric, uh, the 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 last song was called "Return of the B Boy," and the last lyric is like something about a party in your mouth, <laughs> like, and they say it like three times, and that's the last, and that's that's how they leave you.
1: Yes, uh, um, but there's also there's the there's the um, there's the chorus in there from um, from the roof is on fire. Did you pick that up? Yeah, from Return yeah, of the B Boy. Yeah, for sure. So I, I didn't dig into who was the original. Who was the original author
0: of the, like the yeah, yeah, the original
1: fire. artist. For I don't know. Let's see part. if we
0: can find out. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> We're dealing with that. Beat me to the punch. Yeah. Um. Let me look this up here. The well done, the roof is on fire.
1: Yeah. Listen. Either way. At the end Ma- of the- Sorry. You go ahead. No. Go for it. Who was it?
0: Uh. I assume this is the right one. Rockmaster Scott and the Dynamic Three from what year 1984 so yeah that's got to be okay yeah Yeah. that
1: sounds right it sounds legit what were you about to say i'm not gonna lie my favorite roof is on fire might be from the bloodhound gang um i will take the bloodhound gang's version of
0: i don't know if i'm familiar with i mean with the bloodhound gang i am but with that with their version of the roof the roof is on fire
1: (laughs) the roof the roof. The roof is on fire. We <laughs> yeah, don't need you, no, you, need you no you water. Let the motherfucker burn. <laughs> burn, motherfucker. Burn. Were yeah, you were you in solid. the Bloodhound gang? I may have been. Dude. <laughs> that was convincing. Um listen, I I love this as the first entry for hip hop on the list.
0: You think it belongs on the list? Yeah, I'll take it. Specifically Far Side.
1: Yeah, I'll take it. And not just specific Listen, specifically this record from the far side because i do think that i i mean somebody could somebody prove me wrong there could be other hip-hop artists that were doing the same thing when it comes to manufacturing their beats that the far side did on this record just all of the use of a wide variety of musical genres getting mixed together to create the background beats that take place
0: so did they do not they did they're not doing a lot of sampling on this one? They mostly made their own beats. No, fuck no. This is all this sampled. This is all them No, oh, this is all, all sampled. sampled. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so even like the jazz pianist that you're talking about. Yeah.
0: It wasn't like one.
1: There's no fucking way that they hired some studio <laughs> musician. Like they i I have no doubt in my mind that they lifted that. You think? Yeah.
0: Y- even for the skits? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I do. Because again, like these we guys should look are, into that. These guys are just you know, four they're stone high school. Yeah. They're four <laughs> high school stoner friends from, from South central,
0: but they're having fun. And that really comes across on this one.
1: It does. It does. I'm keeping it. Um, I already had it in my library, so it was cool to not have to do a search to find this thing. Nice. Yeah. And would you get
0: it on vinyl? Probably not. Yeah. Me neither. I'm um, not a
1: big vinyl hip hop guy.
0: So for me, this was a super fun listen and I'm glad I did, but I don't know that I'm going to be revisiting it very often. You know, that's fair. And, uh, I think this type of music belongs on the list. I'm going to have to see what other kind of hip hop records they put on this list before I can decide if I think this one belongs on the list. Because for me, there's a couple of hip hop records I would rather see on the list, you know? So if those are on this above, like what? I mean, give me two, definitely all eyes on me, which I'm sure is going to be on there. Tupac fucking better be hundred percent. Um, And just, you know, like NWA's debut, I'm sure, which will be on there, right?
1: Probably not the debut. I would expect Straight Out of Compton.
0: That's what I was. What was the debut again? Uh, Do you you know off the top of your head?
1: NWA and the Posse was released. I was talking about Straight Out of Compton. Yeah. That's what I was
0: trying to imply there. Yep. No, Straight Uh, Out of Compton. I'm sure they'll be on the list, but I think they definitely belong on the list more than this one, in my opinion. Yeah. But they'll probably be above. So we're probably good.
1: I got to think that both of those albums, both straight out of Compton and all eyes on all eyes on me might, that might not crack the top two fifty, but that's it, such a crazy
0: record. Dude, he recorded, we're, we don't need to get too far into this cause I'm sure we'll yeah, get to talk about it. We're like, going to get to talk about it. He, uh, like recorded several of those tracks, like the day after he got out of prison, after out maybe of prison. even the day of, like he literally got out of prison and went to the studio and like recorded fucking, uh, bangers, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Fucking,
1: bangers the features on allies on me like between method is on there snoop is on there um dre is on listen it's that fucking record is a double album and that's a double album that fuck you i'll sit down and listen to the whole thing
0: oh fuck because it's
1: spectacular and straight out of compton i'm assuming straight out of compton is going to be top 100 if you told me it was top 50 i wouldn't be shocked just because Listen, you don't get, if you don't get straight out of Compton, I don't, I don't know how long it takes for hip
0: hop to become what it is. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe it does eventually. Maybe sure. it's Maybe it takes a different trajectory even. You know what I mean? Hugely influential, you know, like mind I mean, blowing like so. the impetus basically, you the, know, because
1: because Dre doesn't happen.
0: No. Yeah. The chronic doesn't happen. Yeah none Snoop of that Dog doesn't happen no tupac probably doesn't happen none of that because that was dre influenced right
1: i mean you could yeah you could make an argument for tupac just because he was already recording music with digital underground in the early 90s but listen not not the tupac that we know and that no. we love yeah right so yeah but anyway like it like you said we'll we'll dig into that later in. And and yeah. even if you got to the point like when we get halfway through the list if you're like hey mike do you remember when we were talking about the fourth day why don't
0: you go fuck off with
1: the first uh, time? Listen, I would be okay with that because this is not. Um,
0: You're not like tied to this record.
1: No, I'm not married to it. Yeah. Listen, if you told me that I could get rid of this and add Sturgill Simpson's meta modern sounds and country music, you would do that in a heartbeat? Yeah, I'd make that trade. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'd make that trade.
0: And no. Would you do that with this next record?
1: <laughs> <laughs> go. Introduce you know, this. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. So moving on from the far side. Uh, <laughs> and we're. We're a far side away from the far side. I <laughs> didn't come out as well as I hoped. <laughs> 481, Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister. 1996, being a self-pitying shut-in has never sounded better than it does on the Scottish twee icons breakthrough. The chamber folk arrangements are second to none, like a cup of tea brewed for you by a hopeless crush with a really good record collection. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> But don't sleep on Stuart Murdoch's subtly sardonic lyrics on the stars of track and field and seeing other people, which give these wistful sounding songs a bite that sets them apart from most imitators. You can start this one off, Mike. What would you think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I've never thought that I would enjoy classical orchestral instruments in an indie pop record as much as i did on this
0: yeah and i hear you there
1: yeah you don't get violins every day
0: no and that's the type of music this is right is chamber pop essentially which when i was reading into it essentially means like it was influenced by pet sounds it was like very specific like this style of music was hugely influenced by the beach boys pet sounds and
1: you can hear it yeah, you can hear it. Now, so, one thing... I'm sorry, uh, not to cut you off, but I will say this. He doesn't appear on every track. He only appears on maybe two or three tracks on this the entire violinist. record. No. Uh, he later becomes a permanent member of the band, but this guy fucking smashes, and that's the trumpet player.
0: Oh, yeah. So that was something I liked about that about the record, for sure. This, um, is,
1: this is an indie album that if you listen to it, and if you're specifically listening for the trumpet... Listen, I played in jazz bands from sixth grade through my high school career. I've heard really, really good trumpet players, and I have heard some fucking shitty trumpet players. The emotion that you get out of the little bit of trumpet that appears on this record, if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah. I That's hear all you. I got to say.
0: So here's what I have to say about this record, which is I'm not even going to sugarcoat it at all. I absolutely fucking cannot stand this guy's voice. Any enjoyment that I maybe experienced of any from any of these songs, I was immediately ripped violently away from by this guy's voice, <laughs> again and again. And it was like every time one of these songs started, I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's got a cool little vibe to it. I like the I like the drumbeat, I like the guitar." And then, oh God, it's ruined. Like <laughs> every single song, just bad.
1: Did it remind you of any other band that you had heard before? <sighs>
0: I don't know. Is there, is there someone you're thinking of?
1: Yeah. There's so many
0: There's yeah. Cold play maybe, but no. not nearly as good, you know, in like, who are you thinking of?
1: I was thinking of the Decemberists.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm not really too into them either, but they're less annoying <laughs> to me. It's just this guy. There is nothing good. I can say about this guy's voice. Just, just 100%. I want to just, it. I want to strangle him.
1: Did it, did you hear any <laughs> Elliot Smith? in his voice?
0: Maybe a little bit. Did you? Yeah. Did you like his voice or did you not?
1: I don't um I did listen. I didn't I didn't despise it the way you did.
0: I really did despise it. It essentially ruined the chances of me enjoying this record. And I the thing is there were several which sucks because there were several <laughs> songs that actually I thought were good. Like I, I enjoyed the chorus on the Stars of Track and Field. Um, like Dylan in the Movies had a really good chorus. Like the the just really cool, really interesting chord progressions. And like the the outro had like this crazy cacophony of sounds. Yeah. And uh, the Fox in the Snow I did not like. I thought that song was not great. That's just my opinion though. But there were some songs that I thought were good that that, that were well written. Interesting indie pop songs, but just literally his voice ruined it for me. And I'm I'm gonna say that again and again because that was just I just couldn't if I can think of one word to describe his voice, it would be impotent. <laughs> like I can't think of any it's just it just like it, it sounds like he's intentionally doing it too. To me it sounds like that's not how his that voice actually should sound and he's just kinda he's just kinda intentionally making his voice. and it, it, it's so bad. <laughs>
1: Listen, I heard um I I it hearing his voice made me think about a number of things and not all bad, right? Cuz I do enjoy Elliot Smith and I and I heard Elliot Smith there. Um I'm I I really enjoy a a couple of albums from the Decemberists and this really kind of it really made me think about the Decemberists and I had never heard anything from Bell and Sebastian before. Nothing at all? No. No, I mean, literally nothing. Now, I will say this. As soon as the stars of Track and Field started and his voice came on, um, I felt like I was in the middle of a Wes Anderson film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it feels that way. It feels like a soundtrack. It feels like a soundtrack to an indie film. Yeah. But I like Wes Anderson, so I don't want to think about those two. (laughs) It sounded like I wrote down that it sounded like it would fit right in on the soundtrack of Juno
1: yes with, with ellen page no 100 percent, 100 percent,
0: and and not not even saying that i dislike because obviously it's clear how i feel about this record already but uh that i hate i didn't hate every song on juno or anything but it just seemed like it would fit right in and it sucks because for me and you know i, I recognize that this record probably had a lot of influence in the indie pop genre and in, indie rock genre in general
1: or the yeah. chamber pop genre
0: yeah however fleshed out that got but uh
1: Listen, some lines that I think are fun that are worth noting on the, uh, on the,
0: on the song, some lyrical lines.
1: Yeah. On the song, if you're feeling sinister,
0: did you, okay, maybe I wrote down the same lyric. We'll oh see.
1: shit. Go. No, I want you to go now.
0: She was into S and M and Bible studies. <laughs> did you write that down? You <laughs> wrote down the same lyric. She was into S and and Bible
1: studies. Not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that is uh like just really really classic um but at the same time you know you were you mentioned um the fox in the snow didn't like that one yeah no i i literally i wrote down it was it was boring super boring
0: too long too
1: yeah it was just it was really boring to me lyrically it was
0: it was uh, yeah if you read through my notes you could see my pro- my progression of thoughts because literally my first note I, I write so what i do i don't know if you do this mike but i write down the song titles as i listen and i number them and i have you know and i I separate them into little boxed areas where i I write about each song and at the end i write down my overall thoughts but yeah. anyway so my very first note was this guy's voice is highly annoying <laughs> That was the first thing I wrote down. And I said, I do like the song, but the guy's voice is distracting. I wrote down nice trumpet. Um, and I can hear that there's influence in music that I do like. Like, I kind of heard some Sufjan Stevens in this a little bit. Do okay. You, do you like him at all? Yeah. And so I kind of like him. Mm-hmm. And I hear that this kind of wreck, you know, probably influenced that. But uh, you can see the progression of me immediately being turned off by the guy's voice. I tried to get into it were out like there are the songs I'm writing down positive things trying to be positive but then it's just like eventually like maybe five songs in, I was like nope that's it like his voice is too distracting <laughs> for me to actually enjoy this and then I noticed I kept writing this down on several songs because there was a backup vocalist a guy that would start that would sing occasionally and I really liked his voice I was like yeah. well, let's hear more of him obviously he's probably not the main songwriter but you know for and the- me
1: the star of this record was all of the instrumentation that you don't get without, I think this is like a seven piece band. Yeah. You know? And so um lots of tracks that had xylophone work. Sometimes xylophones where they're, where the percussionist is clearly using like a soft mallet. Uh-huh. And then other times where he's using probably like a harder rubber mallet to get more of that kind of classical type xylophone sound. The fucking trumpet was, masterful
0: i'm never going to be mad about a trumpet for sure um i wrote some things down about the instrumentation here too because i liked it overall but there was also some stuff that was just didn't need to be there in my opinion um and i this is one thing that i wrote down in particular and i've written this down for a couple other songs that we've Gone over, or you know, a couple other records we've gone over in the podcast thus far, but I haven't mentioned it mm-hmm. yet. And I'm sure it's I'm going to mention it again. So I just want to get it out there. This this album was plagued by uh, an issue that I think plagues a lot of records, and that is unnecessary harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes harmonica is good. A lot of times, it's totally unnecessary, and there's no reason to put it in there. And I don't know why they did. And I'm not you know, talking shit about the instrument in general. But it seems like an easy instrument to stack on at the end of when when you're like you finished a song and and you're like, you know, it could use a little harmonica at this point. <laughs> and it never feels like it's the it's the main thing going on. It never feels like they wrote out this song as a harmonica song. It just feels like something they added on as an afterthought. And this record was plagued by unnecessary harmonica. <laughs>
1: In all honesty, based with based on everything else that they did in this record, I'm fucking shocked that it wasn't an accordion.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Like, anywhere where they peppered a harmonica, I'm really shocked that it wasn't an accordion as opposed to the harmonica just because of the nature of the album itself. But listen, we're not. I mean, it. this doesn't do it, I think, for either one of us but yeah. at the same time you know we mentioned at the top of the show that we had um a li- one of our listeners rex shout out again to you rex because rex was kind enough to do all of his homework ahead of time and he sent us his crib notes on all these records and so i just i want to take a little bit of time because
0: 100 percent, yeah um, let's read some of rex's thoughts
1: yeah because rex didn't hate this album like my favorite line of rex's from this album was Grab a latte and the keys to your Prius. <laughs> this one's for you. And that guy, like, I get it, right? I get how that, I get how that would work.
0: Yeah, and know? he also said something about easy listening for the rainy car ride home or something, yeah. which I remember because I wrote down something similar. I wrote down, and again, it just goes back to what up, you know, I'm going to say, and it, which was that I wrote down, it would be nice, easy listening if I didn't want to strangle the singer. <laughs> I literally wrote that down on paper.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So Rex said that it's easy to listen to makes me want to make an independent film and use this record as the soundtrack, which I mean, it it speaks to everything that we're talking about. Right. I mean, it really does. So, um, you know, again, just because he took the time to do it, um, he, you know, going back to Richard and Linda Thompson, um, he also enjoyed the great Valerio, thought it was a beautiful song. Um, he, he references Down Where the Drunkards Roll.
0: Great tune. Yeah. Pretty
1: much, I mean, everything that kind of stood out to us stood out to him. Um, Gaga, same thing. Catchy pop dance tunes, impressive vocals. Um, I love this phrase that he uses, earworm beats. right For Gagas. Yeah, yeah. to describe the beats that are in there. They just yeah. fucking dig a hole and they don't want to leave yeah and and, and i'm with him
0: 100
1: i'm with him on that one um easy to easy to catch your foot tap into the songs dance and be fierce i find like that's sums it up yeah, yeah that sums it no, up beautifully. seriously we got to get this guy on the show yeah um, i was just thinking that so muddy waters slice of americana and that's and that's it right quintessential blues album 100 um far side same thing like he loved everything about it the instrumentals and ingenuity um of and he references dj mark love rex is a smart guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that he he dug his own rabbit hole oh i think he knows what one. he's talking about yeah and then bill and sebastian like i said my my favorite reference on this one is just grab a lot's hand the keys to your prius this one's for you <laughs> listen if you're driving a prius and you haven't checked out if you're feeling sinister um you, you might should. find
0: that, yeah, it uh, you might find you hate the guy's voice too. So <laughs> I, listen,
1: I don't, I don't hate this nearly as much as you do. I don't. And it's
0: just, I wish I could like it. It's unfortunate because for me and, and you know, part of me was thinking I just need to get my own ego out of the way because it's just my opinion of his voice and I shouldn't let it distract me from the music. But I feel like a lot of people are going to feel the same way. I think. You know?
1: Well, and, and what I'm going to, what I'm going to say is, Listen, what I have to say is simple. I'm not going to keep it on the list.
0: No. Um, yeah, we're not keeping it on the list. I'm going to
1: easily replace this with <laughs> literally sound. anything else. Or, you know, rope in the wind from fucking Garth Brooks. Like, there's there's Fuck, plenty yeah.
0: comparatively. There's yeah.
1: plenty. But at the same time, I, I would probably re listen to this just to catch the violins which if you're listening for them are beautiful and they add a depth that you don't get to this type of music typically, but fuck everything else. I'll listen to the three songs that have that trumpet player in them because that guy, he sings, he sings with a brass instrument and I love
0: it. No, I didn't enjoy that, but you know what? I'm going to get it on vinyl so that I can destroy it and do my best to (laughs) rid the world of all copies of all copies. (laughs) So, oh yeah. god damn it. <laughs> god damn it. Sorry Bella was... Sebastian. Uh but you know if really though more seriously for me like in the aeroplane over the sea is is contemporary to this, right? So I would rather have that. I mean that's just a, a similar style, you know, early early indie rock, indie granted this is more on the pop side of the chamber pop side, but similar genre I would say, you know.
1: I'm going to yeah, I'm probably going to take Elliott Smith before I do this. Before
0: you do this or before you do aeroplane
1: no before i do this before i do this I, yeah. yeah i'd, I'd take neutral just because there's a lot of really wacky instrumentation on that album too that
0: talk about accordion yeah,
1: yeah. well accordion fuck how about a saw
0: yeah right yeah, yeah because they
1: play the saw on that album too i can't wait to get into that one yeah i mean that's 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 a great one we'll dig into it whenever we get there um but if you wanna do homework, if you wanna do your homework like Rex, um like I said, listen, send us send us a message either via email this sucks at or uh anchor.fm forward slash this sucks if you wanna 100%. or you Facebook wanna or, in or Instagram
0: that. message. We will we you know we would love to mention your input, you know, on the podcast. Absolutely. So we, we are really enjoying it. Thank you again, Rex. That was really great to, to get your perspective. And, uh, I'm sure we'll get that again and we'll share that again. So yeah. if anybody else wants to chime in, please do. And yeah. we will mention it.
1: And we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you, um, you know, coming back. So next week, um, and we're not quite done wrapping up, but it will at least give you your homework for next week. So I'll, I'll kick this off. So next week, uh, 480 is going to be, miranda lambert the album the weight of these wings
0: 479 is selena Oh god uh amor prohibido is that good decent yeah we're gonna go with it okay cool
1: 478 is gonna be by the kinks uh something else by the kinks is the title of the album
0: 477 is howlin wolf moaning in the moonlight that should be a fun one
1: i'm excited for that just because they reference buddy guy mm-hmm. in the description and i have no clue about Helen wolf so i'm excited uh the last one that we're going to talk about next week is by the band sparks from 1974 the name of the album kimono my house
0: which yeah. we were talking before neither of us are familiar at all with the sparks right <laughs> zero clue yeah zero so, clue whatsoever but, but based on the description Yeah, which we'll get into next week. Yeah,
1: we'll talk about it next week. But it sounds like it's going to be fun, so we encourage you all to listen. Uh, Send us any feedback either on listen and and if you're just listening to this and you love Bell and Sebastian and you got to tell us why you think we're total
0: morons. Well, probably mainly me. You you had somewhat you know diplomatic things to say about it. (laughs) I was a little bit on the other side.
1: It's okay. We'll we'll. We'll we'll take all comments that you got.
0: I'm not going to backpedal either. So, <laughs> but
1: before but. we sign off for the night, um, certainly thank everybody for tuning in again. 100.
0: Um, yeah, thanks, guys.
1: But I want to bring you in on a conversation that JB and I have had, um, off like off mic, a couple of times, and it revolves around one Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple this year released Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and Fetch the Bolt Cutters, um. Great album. I, I only just listened to it for the very first time today.
0: Really today? Yeah. Okay, great. And I've listened to it twice now. All the way through twice? All the way through twice.
1: Great. It's a great album. Really dig it. Um, JB was into it a lot. It's one of the few albums that Pitchfork has rated 10 out of 10. Uh-huh. And they haven't done this very often. They Fuck, this was the first album that they had given a 10 to in a decade. Yeah,
0: we want to say a decade like yeah.
1: plus or minus a decade. Coincidentally, another one of the very few albums that they gave a 10 out of 10 to also happened to be another Fiona Apple record, uh, When the Pawn Takes the King. Yeah. Something, something, Definitely. something. Whatever that album looks like. So JB was shocked that I had never dug into that album. I have since rectified the situation. But after listening through that album one time, that album made me think, I know who did this and they did it better than this.
0: Who's that? You know who did Fiona Apple and who did it better? Oh yeah. Oh man.
1: I mean in my estimation. Are you
0: are you gonna say it? Yeah. Okay, so I I so I I have it.
1: Well, I mean, you can guess at it, but but I would be shocked if you guessed this. So how familiar are you with Anya DeFranco? Uh
0: not. I, I I mean, I'm aware of Ani DeFraco, but Okay. Not as familiar.
1: I don't know how we can make a listener poll yet. Maybe we can do this on Facebook. Maybe we, we can, can definitely do it on Facebook. Yeah. Maybe we don't even give a shit and we just ask people for their own input. But here is my contention to you. Okay. Listen to Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Listen to When the Pawn Takes the King. You can fuck you can take title for all I give a shit. Stack that record up against from nineteen ninety eight, so contemporary to the earlier Fiona Apple. Not to fetch the bolt cutters, sure. obviously. Little plastic castles by Annie DeFranco.
0: Okay, I'm convince, unfamiliar right now, but I will do that one hundred percent. Convince
1: so. me in some way, shape, or form that Fiona Apple is
0: beyond subjective f- enjoyment. So,
1: like far superior. Okay.
0: All little, right. Little Plastic Castles. I got some I extra homework to do this week.
1: Yes. I encourage everybody else to do the same thing. We're Listen, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this because we it's will just do a poll, though. I, I will
0: set up a Facebook poll between Little Plastic Castles and I'll probably do it against uh, Fiona Apples, the, the older one, not Vegetable Cutters, just so it's more Ooh, contemporary. Which one?
1: Title or?
0: The, the other one. When the. I'm not as familiar with the, the name. Pond takes the The pawn takes king. the king one. You know, when yeah, when the pawn takes king. I think that seems like a fun thing to do. Fucking do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's all listen to it. So people on Facebook, uh, get ready to vote.
1: Yeah, vote on Facebook if you're out there and if you're familiar with them. If you're not familiar with them, go fuck yourself. Don't vote.
0: Yeah, don't just fucking Don't yeah, just
1: don't just fuck up our polling. Yeah. Exactly. How much shitty polling have we dealt with this week? I We're mean, not- this
0: list already sucks. We don't <laughs> want to have this poll sucks too. We, we don't have time to make another podcast. About we do polls. not. We, we do okay? not because that
1: would be an entire lifetime based just on this week and politics. But at any rate, um listen, I encourage you all to check out Listen, check out Fiona Apple. It's really good, especially Fetch the Bolt Cutters and her earlier albums.
0: And check out Annie DeFranco, too. But
1: check out Annie DeFranco. Little ah, Plastic sorry. Castles is specifically the album that I want JB to put his ears to.
0: We'll be doing so.
1: Yeah, so we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about all the albums um, that we just discussed earlier uh, from Miranda Lambert down through uh, Sparks. So we hope that you'll join us. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. And uh,
0: Thanks again for tuning in. Be good. Be good. Yeah. I got to think of something like that to say. Be good. He's got to be good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.